You're listening to Pat's Pool List, Episode 2, featuring Flash, number 263, and All-Star Comics, number 73, from April 1978. It's Pat's Pool List, it's Pat's Pool List, it's Pat's Pool List, yeah. This episode is sponsored by Omaha Bound Entertainment. Omaha Bound is your best choice for hard-binding those special comics in your collection. The guys over at Omaha Bound do only the best high-quality binding, and this might be the best part. They custom design every cover, so every single hardcover they design is unique. In short, when you get your comics hardbound with Omaha Bound, you'll know that you have a truly one-of-a-kind collection. In addition to binding, they also sell special traded collections of hard-to-find comics. All this is available on their website, which is omahabound.com. Treat yourself in those special comics right. Go to omahabound.com today. Hello and welcome to the second episode of Pat's Pole List. Excuse me while I whip this out. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Christatos. Pat's Pull List is a spin-off podcast from Crusader Chronicles, where the LBC crew and I journal two of the comic book's issues, each chronologically by the release date monthly, from my comic book collection. For Pet's Pull List, each episode will provide quick recaps, reviews, and ratings of the issues that remain on my pull list for that release month. The goal is to keep me actively reading through my collection and having some fun along the way talking about these comics with my friends. And speaking about my friends, joining me for this episode is Clinton Robertson. Hey, I let him out of the basement for a little bit. Oh, it's so nice. I get to go out into the nice fresh air and see the world and... Don't tell anybody. Yeah... Pat, why is everything closed? We need to keep the sun out. Otherwise, when you go back downstairs, your eyes aren't going to adjust to the darkness that's down there. Oh, that, that makes sense. You know, you're so used to the hue of the computer lights and the podcasting equipment lights that we got to keep it kind of, you know, low key. Okay, sounds cool. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and if anybody comes in here and asks what's going on, you need to be quiet because I don't want them to know that I let you out a little bit. Did you at least claim me on the census? Oh, was I supposed to? Um, I don't know. I'm I'm not a government official, so I don't <laughs> know the answer to that. Sure, sure. For you, for your knowledge, I did. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> well, Clinton, it's great to have you here with me. Going through Pat's poll list, I'm glad uh, I could have you. Well, I'm glad to be here. Why don't we go through a few questions that I have here on Pat's poll list? Since we're going through 1978 comics, what's one of your favorite comics from 1978? Oh, gosh. Well, I don't know if I can narrow it down to any specific issues, but as far as series, I would probably have to go with uh, DC Comics Presents or Green Lantern at this Mm -hmm. time, because that's right in the middle of hard-traveling heroes. Okay. Those are definitely great choices. I I like the Green Lantern as well myself. So uh, another question I have is, what comic book city would you want to live in? That's a tricky one. Hmm. I think, I think, I think, I think I might just go with, um, I don't know, Opal City sounds kind of cool, but <laughs> I'm also kind of drawn to Midway City or even Ivy Town. There's a lot you of know. you. you could, uh... There's some stuff that goes down, but it's, it's not like, you know, Metropolis or Gotham where mm-hmm. everything happens every week. So which one would you feel safer in? Ooh, let's go Ivy Town. Any reason, particular reason why? Well, you know, Ivy Town's a, a good college town, and it's got the atom. So you know, all all the things that happen there are, are small. <laughs> well, that's good reason, I guess. You can 
Not a lot of big things happening there. <laughs> so uh, the last is, what's your favorite song to dance to? That's an excellent question because I can't dance. No? No, not a lick. Well, except for one thing, you know, way back when I could totally do the Macarena. So I guess we're going to have to go with that one. <laughs> you know, I thought I heard some Macarena playing from the basement here and there. I didn't know if you were practicing some dance moves or... No, see, I've got some of these casingles down there and... Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. be careful of those. I, I, I like to keep those down there. Well, I didn't say I was taking them anywhere. Well, they might wear out and, you know, I need to borrow a pencil or something mm-hmm. every so often, but... Well, I thought you may have got my boombox going. Oh, that's your boombox? Yeah. Why does it say property of Jason Albrick on it? Well, Jason likes to store some of his stuff down there, too. So, you know, just um, don't use the cardboard that Jarrett uses for his breakdancing. <laughs> no, no, I, I won't touch that. <laughs> All right. Well, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and get started with today's first issue from Pat's Poll List. Let's whip this one out. From April 1978. Excuse me while I whip this out. The first comic is Flash number 263. Its publisher was DC. Got a cover date of July 1978, but its on-sale date was April 11th, 1978. Cover price was just 35 cents. Editor was Julius Schwartz. Writer is Carrie Bates. Penciler is Irvin Novak. Inker Frank McCullen. Letterer is Ben Oda. And colorist is Gene D'Angelo. Cover credits go to Joe Stanton and Frank Giacoa. On the cover, we have the Ringmaster, the Flash, and Glider. I don't remember her name that way. <laughs> Golden Glider. Golden Glider. Um, she's got a bag full of jewelries as the Flash is grabbing her, and the Ringmaster has a chain around her as well, too. She's saying, hurry, Flash. Ringmaster will put me in jail unless you help me escape. And then there's a caption in a question mark that says, Why would the Scarlet Speedster help the deadliest criminal foe? Ooh, only time will tell as we go through this one. So, Clinton, uh, what's your thoughts on this? Quick thoughts on this cover. Uh, Quick thoughts on this. It's definitely got me curious of what's going to happen in the story. It's probably no real secret. I really like Golden Glider. I really like all the classic Flash rogues, really, but... You know, looking at this, I'd never heard of Ringmaster, so no. I was really curious what was going on there and kind of wanted to know why he looks like 1980s Cyclops. Yeah, yeah, that's a good uh, good observation. I didn't realize that until you just said that now. You know, I'm sure that last part's not really going to be answered in the book, but, <laughs> you know, the rest of it, yeah, it's drawing me in. Yeah. Definitely. I don't know a lot about Golden Glider, so I'm kind of rediscovering Flash here. Do you have a little bit of history on her at all? Uh, Not a ton, but basically the short version is she is Captain Cold's little sister. Oh, okay. You know, she has a similar tragic past with, you know, family abuse and all that. But instead, she channeled most of her efforts into being an ice skater. Oh. And then somewhere along the way, she decided, yeah, forget that. Let's just turn to a life of crime like Big Brother Lenny. <laughs> well, Appletown is far too far from the tree, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with you as well, too. On the cover, it pulls me in wondering what's happening. Like I said, I don't know much about Going Glider, and I don't know anything about this ringmaster. So it is interesting to see. Let's go ahead and get to some cover ratings. It's a rating scale, again, from one through five. Five is you loved it. Four, you really liked it. Three, you liked it. Two, you didn't like it. And one, you hated it. So out of a one through five, 
What's your rating on this cover? Well, if it had been just anybody in the world drawing this, it probably would have been a three. But I loves me some Joe Staten, so mm. this is definitely a four. I agree with you, too, on that. It's a four for me as well, too. Just well drawn. Got some action. The speed vibes from Flash on it as well, too. So I think, it's a, like you said, it draws you in. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get into the story synopsis. For the story synopsis, I'm going to grab this from Comic Vine. The story begins. A police forensic scientist, Barry Allen, is plagued by nightmares. Born of his recent troubles, Allen watches the picture news broadcast, which sums up his current situation. After Allen's failure to capture the golden glider as a flash, a new hero appeared, the Ringmaster, who succeeded where the flash had failed. The golden glider was quick to escape from police custody and escape that the Flash failed to stop. The denizens of Central City have embraced the Ringmaster as their new champion, eschewing their current protector, the Flash. To make matters worse, Alan's wife, picture news reporter Iris West, has left Alan and began an affair with the Ringmaster. At the end of the broadcast, the reporter covering the story suggests that perhaps it's time for the Flash to retire. Alan works out his frustrations by running, at superhuman speed of course, on his cosmic treadmill. Suddenly, the picture news broadcast is interrupted by the Golden Glider, who taunts Alan with the misery she has brought to his life. Alan is, once again, plagued by nightmares. The next morning, West calls on the Ringmaster in his civilian identity of writer Bo Bear. Unbeknownst to the two lovers, they are being observed, invisibly, by the Golden Glider. A motorcyclist and a skateboarder are saved from collision by Flash and the Ringmaster, who have formed a partnership to bring the Golden Glider to justice. At lunch in mid-conversation, the Flash and the Ringmaster are attacked by the Golden Glider. The Golden Glider hits the two heroes with a deadly snowfall. The contact of each fallen snowflake installs intense pain in the hero's nervous systems. The Ringmaster is thrown clear of the snowfield by the propulsion of his retro rings. The Flash vibrates his molecules at superhuman speed, becoming insustainably enough to pass through the streets. The Golden Glider presses the attack on the Ringmaster. The Flash resurfaces behind her and diverts the Golden Glider off her skates. Anticipating this tactic, the Golden Glider has rigged her skates to drive the Flash into the ground. Once again, the Flash vibrates his molecules to pass harmlessly through the street, a tactic the Golden Glider has also anticipated. The skates also vibrate interlocking the molecules of the Flash's hand with the skates. The only way to stop his downward plunge through the earth is to stop vibrating, which would kill the Flash instantly as he materialized within solid rock. The Ringmaster snares the Golden Glider with his paralyzing ring. Slowly, inexorably, the Flash manages to move his arms so that the skates will propel him back to the surface. The Flash reaches out to shake the Ringmaster's hand, congratulating him on his victory over the Golden Glider. Due to the skate's influence over the Flash, his molecules have not entirely ceased their vibrations. The Ringmaster begins shaking uncontrollably. The intense vibrations pass through the Ringmaster to the chains of his paralytic ring, freeing the Golden Glider. Before the Flash can reach her, the Golden Glider teleports away in a cloud of smoke. Outraged onlookers demand the Flash retire, holding his bungling account for the Golden Glider's escape. That night, the Flash, as Alan, takes his request to heart. Packaging up the Flash costume, Alan sends his uniform to police headquarters with a taped message declaring his retirement. Hearing a woman's voice calling out to him, 
Alan races out at super speed to greet his estranged wife. Alan is crestfallen to discover that it is merely his young house guest, Stacy Conwell. To keep Conwell from learning his secret identity, Alan speeds up until he is moving faster than the eye can see. Conwell never knows that Alan was ever there. While watching West and the Ringmaster in another amorous embrace, the Golden Glider realizes that she has fallen in love with the Ringmaster. The Golden Glider makes plans to remove her rival for the Ringmaster's affections by manipulating Alan into murdering West. Ooh, that's a packed full comic here in these days. Lots of stuff happening. Well, let's go ahead and get to the bric-a-brac for this issue. Was it a first read or a reread for you? Pat, this was a first read. Ooh, it's a first read for me, too. That makes it a, a reading, reading rainbow. Let's get to some highs, lows, and what us. Do you have a high, low, or what to Clinton, for this? Oh, my gosh. Where to start? Where to start? <laughs> um, hmm. Let me start with a high on... I really found myself liking the Ringmaster. Yeah, me too. I do agree with that. I thought he was an interesting character. Yeah, he's an interesting character. He's got an interesting gimmick. And Mm -hmm. even with as goofy as his costume looks, it's not completely garish. You know, it it looks like something you could get behind as far as a, you know, a Bronze Age costume. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel kind of sorry for him, too, because he's getting played. You know, just taking this issue on its own, it seems like Golden Glider is completely responsible for him becoming Ringmaster. And now she, you know, she just created him to be something to get back at the Flash. And now she wants him all for her own. And, Mm -hmm. you know, poor guy, he just, he can't win for losing. And he doesn't even know it. Yeah. And now he he gets Iris too. So, boy. Yeah. Of course, all I know for sure is if Golden Glider really wanted it, then she should have put a ring on it. I was hoping something would come up like that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I have a high on this one as well, too, is uh, reading through this issue. I like how there's a bigger story going on here, and I haven't read an issue before or the issue after this yet. So, kind of interesting to see um, Flash kind of get kind of brought down and the city not liking him at all and interesting how he's going to figure out how he's going to overcome all this and get back in yeah, especially with iris being gone so i like the the story that's being told here it's pulled me in you, you're kind of curious like if this is going to be well you know as, as soon as golden glider is defeated will everything go back to normal yeah or will this continue on for a few more issues you know honestly i was Almost afraid this led straight into the whole trial of Barry Allen, but I wasn't sure on where this, you know, yeah, where that came about. I, I looked it up. This is you know uh, several okay. you know, several years ahead. So, yeah, it's almost um, like it is a, a certain kind of a yeah. Like I could see this being a, an extended story arc on the TV show. Well, it kind of was. They yeah. they did the whole thing where Barry was in jail for a few issue, a few episodes of the series. Last season. Yeah. Well, do you have another high-low or what the? Well, I mean, it's always a high for me to see Golden Glider. Don't know if that really counts. Uh, This issue specifically, as much as it's a low in the story, it was a high for me as a reader to see them actually go through with Barry packaging up the costume and sending it off. Mm -hmm. That had a little bit of a weight to it, you know? Yeah, definitely. You know, like, I, I know... 
looking back at this 40 years later, that obviously, you know, Barry doesn't stop being the Flash with this issue. But at the time, I would have just been sitting there waiting for the next month trying to figure out, like, (laughs) what's going to happen? Does Barry have, like, an extra costume? Is he going to run at super speed to go get the costume and save the day? What, What? You know, is he really going to give it up for multiple issues? What's, Mm -hmm. you know, where are they going with it? Yeah, definitely. Another high that I have is in this issue is the the fight scenes between uh, Mm. the three of them Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. is happening. Um, I like how Barry is teaming up with the ringmaster to kind of protect the city and that they're out on patrol. And then once Golden Glider finds them, uh, there begins that, uh, that fight that happens. And it lasts for several pages in this. Yeah, it's not just a two or three panel thing and done. No, it's it's a lot going on, and there's a lot of different ways that you Flash is using his abilities to get out of the situation or help out the situation. Yeah, did did you get the feeling like Ringmaster is kind of sitting there saying like, "Hey, teach me how to be a hero." Yeah, you know, I'm not your sidekick, but I'm still new at this, so show me the ropes, Mister Flash. Yeah, that's the way I was kind of taking it. So, like I said, he doesn't even know what's going on, um, as you know, being know that he's being manipulated by Golden Glider to get mm-hmm. all the city to you know really go against Flash. That I think he kind of looks up to Flash, as he should. Everybody in Central yeah. City looks up to the Flash, or they did until apparently reading this issue. <laughs> well, do you have uh, any other high, low, or what do that you want to? I've kind of got a what the, but it's just my own confusion. I think. Okay. Maybe I can help you. I want to know more about this Stacy Conwell that's staying with them. Oh, yeah. Like, is she just somebody they're, like, renting out a spare room to? Or was, was there more of a story to go with it? Well, and all it says is that it's Stacy Caldwell, the pretty college co-ed who boards with them, with the Allens. Uh, okay. Then I guess she's probably just, just renting a room. Yeah, maybe they're just renting a room to her. Okay, that Interesting. works. Yeah, I, and I don't know. You're right. Is there something that becomes more down the road with her? I don't know. I'm not too up on the on this part of the Flash show. And that's what I like about doing these is that I'm discovering stuff. Um, especially my DC lore is not not as high as most people's. <laughs> yeah, if anybody's listening and you know something about Stacy Conwell, let us know in the comments. I'd like to know a little bit more. I'm sure Clinton would, too. Definitely. Let's go ahead and get to some story ratings on this issue. It's a rating, one through five. Five, you loved it. Four, you really liked it. Three, you liked it. Two, you didn't like it. And one, you hated it. Clinton, where does this fall for you? Mm, Well, if musical genius Joe November were here, he might go with a 4.5. Ooh. So I'm really torn which way I want to go on that. So... I think I'm going to have to lean into it and go with five because I found myself hooked on this one. You know what? I didn't find myself super hooked like you, but I did really like it. So I'm going to give it a four. I'm interested in seeing what happens next. I don't know if I have the next issue or not, but we'll find (laughs) out. (laughs) This would be one if I just picked it off of the stands. Well, I'm going to go ahead and go into the next segment is (laughs) would you pull it or pass on it? I would definitely pull it Mm -hmm. for the next issue. Agreed. It's it's definitely a pull. This one uh, has brought me in, and right at that great moment of, is it going to be done, or what's going to happen here? That's definitely pulled me in. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, with that first issue out of the way, before we get into the next issue, let's take a quick short break for some special shout outs to our Crusader Club members. These are the fine folks who have joined our crusade. They get to vote to help determine the programming for this show using the online poll only available on the Longbox Crusade page at patreon.com. If you want to get in on that voting and all the other amazing benefits of being a Crusaders Club member, just head on over to patreon.com and search for the Longbox Crusade. They also enjoy discounts from Jared's online store, theyardsaleartist.com. Early access to special Longbox episodes and so much more. So these are the folks reaping the benefits for giving some much appreciated support to the show. Angelica, woof. Bill Beer, blast it or stash it. Bob Buster, Braxton Underwood. Oh, pull up the battle wagon. It's David <laughs> Collins, Gene Hendricks. Oh, now it's time for Professor Frenzy, Cheryl Green, Greg Van Leuven, I the Collector, Ivor Evans, Jeremy L, Jim Jarman, Joe Thomas, John Watson. John and Maggie, they know what they did. Jose Polio. Maxwell Trevor. Miranda W. He comes from a land down under. It's Paul Higgs. Reggie Hancock. Rick of Jeff and Rick Present. Ronald Wendt. Ross Michaud. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. And Toronto Cop. And one-time donor Bradford William. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release, so if you are a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. So you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? It's simple. You just don't be Jason Albrick. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. There's one more thing. You just head over to Patreon.com, search for Longbox Crusade, and for as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Now, let's continue on to the second issue of Pat's Poll List for April 1978. Excuse me while I whip this out. This issue is All-Star Comics number 73. Publisher was DC. Got a cover date of July slash August of 1978. It's on sale date was April 18th, 1978. The reason why for that month, it was a bi-weekly comic during this time. Its cover price was only 35 cents. Editor Joe Orlando. Writer was Paul Levitz. Penciler Joe Staten. Inker Joe Gillia. Letterer is Todd Klein. And colorist is Adrian Roy. Cover credits go to Penciler Joe Staten and Inker Joe Gillia. For the cover description on this one, there's a lot going on. This one's pretty busy. Uh, it's got All-Star Comics across the top. Presents the Legendary Justice Society. This one also has some blurbs with all-out action issue. And here we see it's segmented into kind of three different areas. One is the Huntress fighting the other Huntress with a caption that says, The Huntress versus her villainous namesake. Then in the next area is the Sportsmaster fighting Power Girl and the Flash with a caption saying that the attack of the Sportsmaster. And then in the bottom, we have the Thorn going against Wildcat and a caption that says, and the end of the Wildcat. Ooh. Clinton, what's your thoughts on this cover? Oh, man. Um, I'm a sucker for the JSA anytime, anywhere. And I'm definitely a sucker for Earth 2 Huntress. Oh, okay. So, I mean, you combine that with... 
Joe Staten. <laughs> uh, I'm going to fall in love with it every time. You'd have him draw the, the JSA all sitting there on a park bench eating sandwiches, and I'm going to eat it up. <laughs> what kind of sandwiches would those be? Bologna sandwiches. Ooh. Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what sandwiches. They could be peanut butter and jelly with the crust cut off. <laughs> I will still be happy to see it. I do agree with you. This is a very nicely drawn cover. Really pulls you in with the three different sections of action going on. Makes you want to open it up and see what's happening inside. Now, I didn't know there was another Huntress name. So this is really interesting to me. And I don't know who the Sportsmaster is at all either. So I'm oh just kind of... Yeah, I know. I, I'm, I'm really... For the issues that I do have of these all-star comics i really have been enjoying these okay so for the short version the sportsmaster is kind of villainous casey jones like decades before there was casey jones okay you know all of his stuff is sports themed yeah okay cool i'm not really big on the costume he has here but you know i'll, I'll live with it yeah it's kind of weird i don't it's, really understand it's supposed it's to be a fencing gear oh yeah but he doesn't have the the mask on just but. the bandana kind of a yeah he's kind of got like the fencing uniform and mm -hmm. sometimes you know you'll see him drawn with um like the protective padding that catchers wear in baseball oh okay interesting well with the cover out of the way let's go ahead and get our cover ratings on this one so one through five five you loved it four you really liked it three you liked it two you didn't like it and one you hated it one through five well i'm sure if the listeners out there are taking bets they've already made a <laughs> sure gamble on me this is a five five sandwiches you're gonna give this one huh <laughs> <laughs> darn right five sandwiches <laughs> five bologna sandwiches for clinton that Joe Staten art makes me hungry. I'm going to agree with you as well, too. I really love this one. It's like I said, it pulled me in with the action going on. I like it how in this kind of area, they, they give you kind of a little preview of what's happening inside. Well, with that out of the way, let's get to the story synopsis. The title of the story is Be It Ever So Deadly. In a Keystone City hospital, Wildcat lies at death's door. In Gotham City, the Huntress battles against the Golden Age Huntress. Stalked through the darkening rooms of the Justice Society of America's headquarters, the Huntress has to avoid multiple traps while staying one step ahead of her evil namesake. An opportunity arises for the Huntress to go on the offense, allowing her to strike against the Golden Age Huntress. The two women grapple for several moments. When the Huntress begins choking the life out of the, her namesake, the elder woman surrenders. Only for a moment, however, as she quickly turns the tables on the Huntress, imprisoning her within a glass cage. The Justice Society of America gathered around Wildcat's comatose form grow increasingly unsettled by the huntress's long absence the golden age green lantern creates a ring generated monitor and discovers the huntress's peril immediately he departs for gotham city on a strange alien world dr fate and the golden age hawkman are brought before the master summoner power girl and the golden age flash scour the city for some sign of the thorn when Power Girl's super hearing picks up the Thorn's laughter from across town, the Golden Age Flash makes a beeline for his own home. He finds the Thorn threatening to murder his wife, Joan Garrick. Before the two heroes can enter the Garrick household, they are attacked by the Sportsmaster. Golden Age Flash is ensnared in an electrified soccer net, while Power Girl is assailed by exploding soccer balls. With strength fueled by desperation, the Golden Age Flash breaks free and tackles the Thorn. 
At the hospital, doctors have countered the thorn's poison in Wildcat's system. Patiently, they wait for the huntress to return with the icicle's weapon to treat Wildcat's brain injury. The Golden Age Green Lantern frees the huntress, then goes after the Golden Age huntress. Tricked to buy a decoy, the Golden Age Green Lantern is gassed into unconsciousness. Once more, the two huntresses square off against one another. From a floating roulette wheel, the Sportsmaster hurls razor-sharp cards at Power Girl. Power Girl fouls the Sportsmaster with well-thrown rock. <laughs> she threw a rock at him. <laughs> I'm like, really? She threw a rock at him? The thorn begins spinning at super speed. The Golden Age Flash takes out the thorn's Minions then races past the thorn, dragging her along his wake with a well-placed crossbow bolt. The Huntress ensnares the Golden Age Huntress in one of the villainous' own traps. Reviving the Golden Age Green Lantern, the two heroes return to Keystone City. Watching from the observation room, the Justice Society of America are informed that Wildcat's surgery was successful. Yay! Dun. And that's the end. The so, end. And they all lived happily ever after. Well, maybe until next issue. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get to the brick or brick for this issue. Is it a first read or a reread for you? It is a first read. Ooh. It's a first read for me as well, too. Woohoo! Double it's rainbow. Double rainbow all the way across the sky. <laughs> I love it when I get a rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into some high lows or what does for a few rounds here. Clinty, what do you have? Oh, wow. I have highs, 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 right. because this has my beloved JSA all over the place. Golden Age, Green Lantern, Golden Age Flash, the Earth 2 Huntress. It's just so neat to see them all in action, but... I will go with a specific high of the Huntress taking on the Huntress, particularly with that trick at the end with her crossbow. Mm -hmm. I mean, that I love it because the Golden Age Huntress is just like, yeah, I didn't know you could do that. Nobody told me you could do that. <laughs> and she's like, because I didn't do it before. Duh. Duh. <laughs> I never heard of the other Golden Age Huntress, so... Um, I'm learning a lot through these issues, um, especially on the Justice Society of America. And uh, this was Earth 2, right? Yes. Yeah, this is, this is Earth 2, pre-crisis, all that. And Golden Age Huntress, if I'm remembering right, is married to Sportsmaster. Oh, interesting. You know, yeah, I, I could be wrong here. My my DC knowledge isn't always perfect. But. <laughs> no, again, and that's what I kind of like about these is I'm uh, learning some DC history uh, with these older Older DC comics. Really enjoying it. One of my highs, too, is the... I like the three different fights that are going on here and how they're all well kind of played together. Definitely enjoying that aspect. Again, this is just such a, a meaty comic. And when I say that, I mean, there's so much story being done here throughout these pages that you really get, I mean, for 35 cents. Wow. Yeah. You definitely no get paying for it. Yeah. And I mean, can you imagine this being a, a bi-monthly like the the preceding issue obviously left on a cliffhanger of whether mm -hmm. Wildcat was going to make it or not. You got to wait two months, months before you can find out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's kind of like um like we were doing the X Men mm -hmm. um, in Chronicles too. It was before it went to monthly, having to wait two months for an X Men issue when they first started out it was really interesting. Do you have a, another high or low or what? The? 
Uh, I'm going to go with a what the. Yeah, well, obviously, it's part of some ongoing storyline that's happening kind of in the background. I'm really, really confused with what's going on with Dr. Fate and Hawkman and who this <laughs> Master Summoner is. Yeah, you know, I would agree with that, too. I'm not sure what's happening there as well. I mean, normally, I would expect just, you know, Egypt stuff from Dr. Fate and Hawkman, but if they're on some other world and or even other dimension, it's we're getting into some kooky stuff. <laughs> and I don't know a lot about this Dr. Fate as well, too, so I'm learning. But I think he seems like a pretty cool character as well. Oh, I loves me some Dr. Fate. Yeah, I'm Shoot, I, I don't think there's a JSA character I hate. Yeah. I don't even know if there's one I dislike. <laughs> I love seeing Hawkman, too in this as well mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's been a while since i've kind of read all these like super team up books where you have a big team going on so i really uh, have been enjoying that and just again learning more about these characters and their history how they work together as a team and with the huntress being in this one as well too the the new huntress Mm -hmm. uh, that has recently joined this team. Uh, the backstory on that as well, too. So what about you, Pat? Do you have another high-low or what the? The art. Definitely the art in this is awesome as well, too. I've been enjoying it. Again, there's so much story and, well, there's so much art crammed into this issue. Oh, absolutely. Staten never disappoints to me. Mm -hmm. And, man, he is one of the most personable people you can ever meet at a convention you will sit and talk for far longer than you expect trust me <laughs> you've had the opportunity i have had the opportunity and he was absolutely wonderful you know i got to talk to him about uh working on green lantern core and all that mm. and i mean it just turned from one thing to another to another he's definitely somebody who enjoys his work he enjoys the characters and he enjoys the fans cool that's great that's plus definitely. you know as we've noticed from this book he can draw the heck out of an issue so oh yeah yeah this is just so many i could just sit there and page through this again and again just looking at the artwork in this and uh, the way he's being able to tell the story through the art very interesting do you have any other high low or what this for this as much as i am praising staten i will pull out a low and it's just a nitpicky low because there's one point it looks like he draws Alan Scott's ring on his right hand instead of oh. his left. <laughs> that always irritates me, and I don't know why. But like I said, it's it's a nitpick, so it, it's it's only like a sort of low, not not like a real low. Sure, you're one of those people that oh, the ring's not on the right side. And well, you know, I'm partial <laughs> to Alan Scott. So yeah. ah, see, I'm more of a hell guy. Definitely a hell Jordan guy, but I like reading these issues to learn more about Alan Scott. I guess I and I've never really looked at where the rings are or whatever. So, right. like I said, nitpick, you know. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no worries. Uh, anything else you want to add for this issue before we move on? Not this issue itself, but if anybody is looking for like other representations of Sportsmaster and. Huntress, you know, mm -hmm. the villainous Huntress. I encourage everybody to check out the Young Justice cartoon because they actually play a pretty major role as supporting characters and villains. Oh, interesting. Honestly, it took me quite a bit to catch on that one of the characters is actually the Huntress, or maybe she used to be Tigress on there. Huntress, Golden Age Huntress does change her name to Tigress at some point. Oh. Big spoilers for a 10-year-old show. <laughs> uh, the character Artemis 
on the show is the daughter of Sportsmaster and Huntress slash Tigress. Ah. But you never actually get to see her mom do any of the villain stuff. Mm. All right. So they kind of keep her. Yeah. Her mom uh, has gotten injured and is confined to a wheelchair. Uh. But her dad is still doing very much all the Sportsmaster stuff. Ah, now I'm interested in kind of looking through that one too. I'll have to see if it's on the got to be on the DC app. Young Justice is on the app, so you need to definitely start streaming it. Yeah, three I got the time. seasons, <laughs> three seasons worth. It'll it'll hook you, and you'll be stuck watching it. Putting it on my watch list. There you go. That's what I like about doing this as well too. Is is, is getting more insight into into this as well as you know what other things to watch, what other recommendations for this as well. I will never not suggest the Young Justice cartoon mm. series. I've heard several good things about it, so it's definitely being bumped up on my list. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get to some story ratings. On this issue, it's a one through five. Five, you loved it. Four, you really liked it. Three, you liked it. Two, you didn't like it. And one, you hated it. One through five, Clinton. Do you really have to ask, Pat? No, I don't. It, I, it's I'm totally sure. a one. What are you <laughs> what? thinking? It is a five. I, I'd give it 47 candy canes if I could, but this isn't Crusademus. <laughs> No, this isn't Crusademus. Well, I am going to give it a four. I really liked it uh, and continue to like these issues. This is a good time. I would think this seems like it was a great time to be reading these issues with the stories that are going on here. With that, let's find out would you pull or pass and do I? I don't think I need to ask on that as well either. But <laughs> <laughs> No, anytime I see the JSA, especially like classic JSA like this, it is definitely a pull. Mm-hmm. And I would again be pulling this one as well too, uh, just to again enjoy the story and the artwork. But I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a story guy at heart, so that's where I'm always going to go by is if the story's going good. I'm just going to pull it and, and keep me intrigued and reading more and on. All right. Well, that's the two issues for this episode. So that's going to bring the show to an end. I want to thank Clinton for joining me this episode. Clinton, where can the listeners find you on the social media? Well, I'm pretty active on Twitter. You can find me most of the time at Coffee Comics BLG, or every so often you can find me at Fridays underscore fan. Uh, definitely joining Fanfield Fridays that you're doing here on the Long Box Crusade. Oh, absolutely. It's become such a fun project. I didn't really think it was going to be as much fun as it has been. I always knew I was going to enjoy it, but... Mm-hmm. Getting to talk to an online fan film with just random guests that somehow yeah. find their way down into the basement <laughs> and somehow have always managed to not take me with them. It, it's been a blast. Yeah, I'm glad they're not taking you with them because I just enjoy having you in the basement, keeping things, watching our stuff that's down there. Yeah, and it's amazing what all kind of things I can find down there, too. <laughs> Well, we do have a lot down there, so. Yeah, and it just seems to, like, change at random. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, well, we keep, you know, we have portals and things like that that we keep, how we get each other around. So, shh, just uh, be careful down there. Be safe. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Be sure to check out all the shows under the Longbox Crusade umbrella by subscribing to Longbox Crusade on iTunes, Google Play, or pretty much all your fine podcatchers out there, or directly at www.longboxcrusade.com. If you'd like to send us a question or a comment, you can do that by hitting us up on the social media at Longbox Crusade 
or on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And if you want to interact with us via live chat and be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles, join us on our next episode of Doing a Livestream over on YouTube. We do them on the second Sunday of every month, and we always start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you'll get reminder notifications for when we go live. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Pets Polist. And until next week, pull them if, if you got, got them. Music intro for Pat's Pull List is provided by the talented Jerry Green. Check out his music and website at ProfessorFrenzy.com. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. Down in the basement. Gosh, who does stupid things like that? <laughs> yeah, there's all this old computer equipment, podcasting equipment, and... <laughs> and excellent Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's where we keep the Sky Strikers and uh, <laughs> 263. What issue were we looking at? 263. 263, 263. <laughs> now serving number 263. All right. And you can find me on the Twitter at DJ. Uh, 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 and you can find. Uh, and you can find. <laughs> Woo-hoo, we did it. <laughs> This is where you have that Dora song. We did it. We, we did, did it. it. <laughs> <laughs>